Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game, and at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's a Friday edition of Locked On Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Make sure to follow Locked On Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get podcasts. Episodes every day, Monday through Friday. And now, officially, YouTube. You can find us over there. Subscribe uh, and do whatever it is that you need to do on YouTube to catch us over there and to, and to see us. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app. Join me uh, next week by following me at WC Goldberg to get in on the action locker room, changing the way we talk sports. Uh, so we have an exciting show for you today for two reasons. Number one, like I said, this is our first ever episode on YouTube. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can go over to YouTube, uh, just search Locked on Warriors, find the channel there, subscribe, and do all the things that you do on YouTube. Number two, joining me for this initial voyage into the YouTube waters is none other than NBA Draft Insider and the host of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, Chad Ford. So Chad, thanks so much for joining me. I have to say I'm thrilled for you to be the first ever guest on this YouTube experiment, although I do hesitate to give you too much credit because I don't believe that I told you that you would be the first ever guest. So I appreciate it nonetheless. How are you? Good thing I dressed up for the occasion. Uh, yeah, right. I'm, I'm great. This is really cool. And yeah. uh, I, I think the terminology, because my kids are obsessed with YouTube, is you, you need to pound that like button. Pound the like button, click it, pound it. a lot. Pound and click and, and like and subscribe and right. subscribe you and... All those things. Uh, yeah, this is the t-shirt gang. I think, I don't know. Some people wear like suits on these things, maybe, if they're more professional than we are, but I don't think they are. After well, years of having to wear that suit for ESPN, sometimes in very hot, muggy weather here in Hawaii, I, you know, t-shirts, t-shirts where I'm going from now on. T-shirt gang, for sure. Um, so before we get into the NBA draft and your thoughts on all of those things and the draft lottery, which is Tuesday night, uh, which will determine the first 14 picks, the order of those picks of the draft. Uh, just before we started recording here, Chad, news broke that Rick Carlisle said peace out to the Mavericks. It has been a very interesting week in Dallas. Uh, just your thoughts overall on what is happening with the Mavericks. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. Uh, you know, on draft night in November, I was on the show and and they the, the Mavs drafted Josh Green and we were talking about the reaction to this and there was already simmering tem- tensions in the front office between the analytics crew and the traditional scouts, which were led by Donnie, Donnie Nelson, who had been doing the job for 24 years. And one of the things I knew just in talking to that front office before the draft was they were extremely high on Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey was there on the board. He isn't drafted. Josh Green goes ahead of them when I knew Dallas's front office loved Sadiq Bay, And we started talking about, look, this is the tension that's there. Mark Cuban has always wanted to be innovative. It's been ironic that in some ways he's had Donnie Nelson, who is one of the most old school GMs in the league. However, Donnie Nelson got him Dirk Nowitzki. Donnie mm-hmm. Nelson got him Luka Doncic. Uh, Donnie has begged him to draft Giannis Antetokounmpo on draft night only to be overruled by Mark Cuban um, at the time. And so there was reasons why he continued to listen to them, but it was clear that the, the tension was growing. Tony Ronzoni left uh, the front office uh, earlier in the year, which was, a, I think, a sign. And so I'm not surprised at all to see that this is how it's gone down. 
it's unfortunate. Just I have a long relationship with Donnie Nelson. Uh, I do think he's a pioneer in the international mm. scouting. He used to bring together all the GMs and scouts in Treviso in Italy every year um, for a decade uh, and do mock drafts, um, talk about international scouting. Uh, he's a people person. Uh, and, you know, his way of drafting was thinking about relationships, intel, everything else. There's this sort of new way of thinking. I'm in the NBA. I think a balance is needed, but I think in this case, these two people couldn't really get along. Obviously with Rick Carlisle leaving now, uh, it probably reiterates too the frustration that was there from him Mm -hmm. about coaching his way versus the analytics way and some simmering tension with Luka Doncic uh, as well. I mean, for Mark Cuban screaming BS on Twitter that there was nothing to the athletic story that came Monday, it sure seems like there was something to the athletic story that came out on Monday. It feels like it, right? And I think the big name here is obviously Luka Doncic. And ESPN acquired a statement from Rick Carlisle. Nowhere in that statement was Luka's name mentioned. He was sort of grouped in with, thanks to all the players that I've coached in Dallas. And look, maybe it would have been weird to single out one individual player. But you mentioned the the frustrations there potentially with Luka. And he is up for an extension. And everybody assumes that he's going to sign that extension. But everybody signs that extension until somebody doesn't, right? Like, there is always going to be a first. Now, I don't know that the Mavericks are going to trade him. And unless you know that the Mavericks are going to trade him, I'm not all that interested in having that conversation. But the conversation I am interested in having is um, we know how this stuff works. And every front office in the NBA is going to be wondering the same thing that we're wondering right now and at least feeling it out, feeling it out with Luca and his representation and stuff like that. Well, look, it's unprecedented, first of all, for a player to not take an extension like this. Um, The financial risk that the player takes is is pretty dramatic, that he's going to have to wait out restricted free agency uh, and then and then go into unrestricted free agency. I mean, it's it's a it's almost a no brainer that Luka Doncic is going to to take this extension. But we've learned over and over again that that isn't everything right the extension is if if you don't have the pieces in place to really be a championship contender there's it's only so long before that player is going to start demanding a trade then that they're heading towards unrestricted free agency and a team's hand is really forced and so i'm sure the mavs are reacting uh right now to try to make Doncic happy Letting Donnie Nelson go, I don't actually think went that direction. Maybe letting Carlisle go is sort of a, we're going to equalize things out. But this is going to be a case where the Mavs are going to have to get their house in order. Not so much because I'm concerned whether he's going to sign the the extension. I think he is. I don't think the Mavs are going to trade him. I haven't heard any intel like that. They'd be crazy to trade Luka Doncic at this point. The right move now is to get their house in order front office in order and it'll be really interesting you know whether that's michael finley who um you know has been there and been groomed for that position or whether they bring in a veteran front office who's going to modernize uh, the the mavs front office and it's going to have to be somebody that works well with mark cuban because he's a very very active and opinionated owner so let's shift gears now to the draft lottery um and specifically to the warriors because there's this debate about whether or not the warriors who could have as many as two picks in this lottery because of the Minnesota pick that they acquired uh, last year in the D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins swap. There's a debate. What should the Warriors do? Should they go on potential or should they bet or, or should they try to find somebody who can play for them right now, play minutes and contribute minutes right now? Where do you stand on that debate? 
think it depends on where they end up in the draft. Uh, yeah. So obviously they have an extremely slim chance. This has only happened once in the history of the draft lottery that the team with the worst chance of winning the lottery won it. That's the year that the Orlando Magic uh, won it. They, they had Shaquille O'Neal the year before. They won it in the Chris Webber draft. They actually ended up trading down a couple of spots and getting Anthony Hardaway um, in that draft. So it's only happened once. I think it's like a 0.5% chance of happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, they're unlikely to get there. I think the bigger question mark is whether that Minnesota pick ends up at four. They won't get pick one, two, and three. They can't get pick five or six out of that. So it's going to be pick four uh, if they get that. And then right at that spot, you're probably looking at, just based off of what I'm hearing, I think Cunningham's gone, Evan Mobley's gone, probably Jalen Green. It's going to be Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, and for some teams, Scotty Barnes hmm. is in that mix. I mean, that's the that's the players that they would be looking at there at four. If you're talking about NBA ready, it's Jalen Suggs all the way. I think Jalen Suggs is the guy who comes in and steps in right away for them and and could back up, play both backcourt positions behind Steph and Clay Thompson. I think he's a no-brainer uh, for them. If he's there at four, he's the guy. If he's not there, if Suggs somehow goes two or three and you're you're left with Jalen Green, Kaminga, and Scotty Barnes, it, it's going to be a tougher call. I mean, Green is the most polished. He performed well in the G League. He's an, an elite scorer. Not necessarily what the Warriors need, but he's an elite scorer. And coming off the bench, I actually think as a rookie, he's going to put up some points for you. Maybe not efficiently, but he's going to put up some points for you. It'll be interesting because I've heard they like Scotty Barnes a lot. And Scotty Barnes is probably the closest thing that we've seen in the draft to Draymond Green since Draymond Green. Uh, 6'8", 7'3", wingspan, point power forward, can defend multiple positions, much more questionable on the offensive end, but Scotty Barnes is also further away. Kaminga is really far away. I mean, Kaminga is like James Wiseman right. plus far away. Scotty Barnes is closer, but also I don't necessarily see Scotty Barnes coming in and helping a Warriors team right away. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, whether they trade that pick uh, or they just go ahead and say, look, we're going to build for the future and recognize that maybe he's not going to play a big role on our team next year. Support for today's episode comes from Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it can be impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car at a traditional store. So do it easily online at rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com yeah, I mean, based on what everybody is is saying and, and everything I'm reading about this draft, uh, Cunningham, Mobley, they're probably off the board before the Warriors even get a chance to pick, if that lands it from before or otherwise. Uh, they like Jalen Suggs. They like Jalen Green a lot. I think Kaminga, 
uh, is in the top five for most people. I don't think he would be in the top five for the Warriors for the exact reasons that you're saying. He's just too yeah. raw, and he's a guy who needs a lot of playing time, and they just don't have it, right? They don't have right. it. They, they can't give it to him. Um, I, I think the James Wiseman thing is it was an interesting experiment last year because I think they took for granted how difficult it would be to work in a rookie as raw as Wiseman was, or just in general, like a 19, 20-year-old. It takes a long time at any position uh, to get acclimated to the NBA, to play at a meaningful and in a positive way. And you're looking at the teams right now, they're in the playoffs. How many of them have a 19, 20-year-old in their core night-to-night rotation? None of them. I mean, and so yeah. I, if you're the Warriors and you're trying to return to title contention and you're trying to be where these teams are right now, I hesitate to think that you can really do that by by picking somebody. But that's me. Everything that I hear from the Warriors is that they'd be very comfortable. If they end up with this number four pick, they'd be very comfortable picking somebody. And it sounds like it'll be one of Suggs or Jalen Green that land to them. And it would not shock me if they took either of them at number four, if they get the pick. Well, you know, you think about the trajectory of the Warriors. They are in win-now mode with the age of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. But a, a big mistake that a lot of teams have made in the past is they go all in on that, and then when it's over, you're back to draft lottery for the next five to ten years. And especially given the way that the odds have changed in the draft lottery and the disincentivization to now tank that the NBA has put into all of this, I'm not sure that that's the smartest way to think about how we're going to not just think about now, but also the future. And so Wiseman is a good future pick, you know, whether it's a Jalen Green or a Scotty Barnes thinking about the future, even though they can't help you now is, is probably the right way of thinking. Even mm-hmm. Jalen Suggs, by the way, who I think is probably as ready as anybody yeah. to come in and help right now. Rookies generally are not going to help you win basketball games. You know, LaMelo Ball was a bit of an exception this year, and I think he shocked a lot of people with how good he was and how impactful he was uh, for that Hornets team this year. But it's it's generally pretty rare. And so even, even Suggs in my mind, or even if they say they went and got Davian Mitchell or Corey Kispert, who are, you know, sort of older prospects that they could go, I don't think there's any guarantee that those players are especially impactful for them on a deep playoff run. Would those be the first, because that was one of the things I wanted to ask you, among the players who could make some sort of immediate impact, I think of even like Tyrese Halliburton, where if you look at his real plus minus and stuff like that, he wasn't a great contributor, but he also played for Sacramento, so it's hard to judge. Right. But um, who in this draft, I mean, you mentioned Kispert, you mentioned Davion Mitchell, I think of a guy specifically in the Warriors system, like a Franz Wagner, Wagner, I don't know if I'm supposed to do the V yeah. on that or not, but... Um, those are kind of the guys that pop to me outside of the top five, of course, when you get off, yeah. off the Jalen Suggs and, and Greens. Anybody Where else they're most likely to draft, right? They're most right. likely to get this this Wolves pick at like seven, eight, or nine. It's, yeah. it's much more likely where you're going to see the Warriors drafting with that pick, that that Wolves pick. I think the Wolves have a 27.6% six chance percent chance of keeping it, but only a 9.9% chance that the Warriors end up with that fourth pick. So overwhelmingly, we're probably looking at Franz Wagner, Davian Mitchell, you know, Corey Kispert, or, you know, there's a Keon Johnson, Jalen Johnson out of Duke. Scotty Barnes could certainly be there in the mix. And I wouldn't at that range with any of those prospects draft for need or instant production. Now I just wouldn't do it. I I think at that point, the Warriors are better off thinking about the future. 
I do think they can think that in the top five because I don't know that there's a massive difference between Suggs and Jalen Green and, uh, you know, what have you. Like, you draft the guy that could probably be most helpful to you now. But I, I think at that point, they should for sure be looking at the Scotty Barneses of the world. You know, Davian Mitchell's tough for me. I'm a huge Davian Mitchell fan. Mm-hmm. And his on-the-ball defense is probably number one in this draft as a guard. Uh, he probably can compete right now in the NBA on the defensive end, which frankly is typically what gets rookies in the most trouble, yeah. uh, right? At, at the early levels, they just can't compete defensively. And I think Davian Mitchell can because of the way he's wired, the way that he's built, his physical maturity. Uh, and the question for me with Davian Mitchell is, was that shooting, which is a big part of why he's ranked this high, a one-year aberration, right? And there's lots of statistical signals that say maybe. And yeah. if that's a maybe, then he probably shouldn't be considered in that seven, eight, nine range, but more in the you know fifteen to you know twenty-five range, which is which is why there's some hesitation because I do think that Davian Mitchell could play NBA minutes, even playoff minutes, because of the defensive potential that he has on the floor right now. Well, that was my question for you: was do you think that sh- that shooting was an anomaly in that that junior year. And and I think you're right. But if there's any team that can kind of counteract that, it would be Golden State, right? Because if you yeah. put him on the if if he's got that length and that competitive drive and the the defensive instincts and maturity to compete at that level from day one, then you could play him with Steph and Clay in that starting lineup, right? And then you don't have to worry so much. And maybe he becomes sort of this Andre Godala type where you know what? Nobody cares that you can't make a three pointer because you're doing all these yeah. other things. Yeah, and 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 going and swinging from he shot forty four percent from three this year to he can't make a three pointer in the NBA is probably too far of a swing, right? Like, right. That's that's probably too far. But is he more of a like a thirty five percent three point shooter as opposed to a forty five percent? I think that's a pretty reasonable right. guess just based off of what we've seen him do in the past in his free throw shooting, which is typically one of the the key tells. You know, Davian Mitchell, if they drafted him, I would get it, and. I, I do love him. The the way his intensity, the aggressiveness, the way he approaches the game, you know, a lot of talk about him being like Donovan Mitchell. I don't think mm-hmm. he is the explosive athlete that Donovan Mitchell is. I think he's a good athlete, but he's not an explosive one. I think Kyle Lowry might be mm-hmm. the better comp for who Davian Mitchell becomes in the NBA. But could the Warriors use Kyle Lowry coming off the bench or and Kyle Lowry esque type player? Yeah. I mean, who couldn't, right? I mean, yeah. and, and the fact that he's a junior, he's a little bit older, right? I think you see, we've done these, uh, the locked on NBA mock drafts, right? And, and so we'll spin the tankathon lottery wheel and then we'll do something. And then the last one, I'm sitting there at number 14 with that Warriors pick. And I think the, the Minnesota pick ended up going into the top three in this, in this mock. And uh, so I only had the first, the, the one pick at number 14. And Davion Mitchell ends up sliding all the way down there. And I was a little surprised by that. But then you look at the other teams that are in this lottery mix, and they they're rebuilding, right? I mean, maybe they don't want a junior. I, I'm I'm workshopping this take, but I do think that maybe we're starting to go too far uh, on hey, just draft the 18 and 19 year olds over all the juniors because you think about a guy like Damian Lillard, right? He was a junior when he came out. Yeah. Uh, I is there has there been maybe too much of an overcorrection? And when you look at spots where you might be able to take advantage in the draft, is it now sort of these upperclassmen? I, I think you have to look take take into consideration context, mm-hmm. right? And so one of the reasons that analytics favor younger players 
is that there's an expected progression that happens at 19, at 20, at 21, that you should be better. And so Chris Duarte is the great example. He's in, he's playing for Oregon this year. He's 24 years old mm-hmm. uh, or going to be 24 years old on draft night. He's, he's possibly five years older than some of the prospects in this draft. You should be better, like significantly better at that point. Um, and, and so it's hard to compare apples to apples, but Lillard's a great example of why wasn't he a lottery prospect sooner. And the fact is that he plays at a, at a university where he's not going to be on the radar screen where no one's thinking about him as a draft Mm -hmm. prospect. And he has to build his resume in college. I think Davian Mitchell could fit that category of, he didn't come out as a highly ranked prospect. He wasn't a guy that necessarily comes in and is immediately thought of as a lottery pick prospect. He had to build his resume. He transfers. Uh, it, it takes a while to do that where a Brandon Boston or Zaire Williams or whatever, they're, they're living off the hype that they got in high school and their resumes and teams are kind of able to look the other way a little bit and say, just based off potential, we'll take you. They, there's no resume building there. And so Mitchell to me is much more likely to be a guy who you've got to seriously consider there. Corey Kispert is the bigger question mark for me because he essentially did this as a junior and no one saw him as a first rounder. Gonzaga goes big this year and now suddenly, you know, he's a lottery pick. That to me is like a little bit more questionable whether he should be going as high as he's projected to go in the draft. Support for today's episode comes from Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but unlike most protein bars, it actually tastes good and it's good for you. Built Bar is great for health-conscious men and women, whether you want to maintain or lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bar is a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great if you're on a keto or another low-carb diet, and they have nine different flavors available now, and they're always creating and releasing new, exciting flavors. Built Bar has been with us for a long time. I've been eating Built Bars for a long time. I always keep a few boxes in the fridge. I like to get them cold and then have them for a snack between lunch and dinner. Like I said, Built Bar has been friends of the show for almost a year now, and we appreciate the partnership that we've built. So support the show by supporting those who support us. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off on your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So there's obviously a very clear top five. You mentioned Scotty Barnes, who seems like a darling lately and is is kind of rising boards and maybe is is a maybe there's a top five and a half now but do you feel like there's a second tier and if there is who are those players i think it's it's uh you know barnes is right barnes is right there i'd still put him yeah. probably in that part of that next tier though there are some teams that definitely like him better than Kaminga right now and and i can actually see that i think it's very defensible whether barnes goes ahead of those other four mm-hmm. that's a little bit more questionable in my mind But then you've got Keon Johnson out of Tennessee, Franz Wagner, Davian Mitchell. For some teams, Jalen Johnson, who, again, this obsession with these point forwards who can defend multiple positions or whatever, it's it's that's what's going on. And then Josh Giddey out of Australia, huge point guard, 18 years old, having a great season. And the most divisive prospect in the draft, I've literally heard teams have him at six. I've had teams have him at 26 is Alperin Sengun out of Turkey who won the MVP of the Turkish league. And for those listeners that don't know what that means, that's a big deal at 18. The Turkish league is one of the top two or three 
best professional leagues over in Europe right now at 18 years old, putting up massive, massive numbers, but is more of an old school type of big man, mm. which doesn't fit typically what teams are looking for out of it. You know, stretch, the, stretch the floor, going to handle the ball, uh, you know, can, can go out and defend on the perimeter, but he's so dominant that you look at a player like Vucevic, you know, for example, with the bulls right now, or, uh, uh, Jurkic or even Jokic, um, who is the MVP. And you wonder, is there a place in the league for guys like that mm -hmm. right now? And the production level is so high. It is just a fierce debate going on. If he went six, I wouldn't be shocked if the Warriors took him and said, look, this guy was the MVP of the Turkish league. He can get some minutes in the NBA. He's playing against men every night in the mm -hmm. Turkish league. That wouldn't shock me if he slides into the late teens or 20s. I would say that people were scared off by the style of play that that he has thrived at in, in Turkey. And I think when when my listeners hear that, they'd be like, well, then you can trade James Wiseman and whatever. But I think even in that case, you would just say, like, best player available. If we think that he's that, then we take him and then you deal with the stuff later, um, which kind of gets me to what I was uh, another question I wanted to ask you here the trade value of this draft, because it's it's a unique draft in that people are like, hey, there's a very clear top five, Scotty Barnes, whatever, maybe a top six, very clear. And then there's a drop off from there. And then there's a drop off after that, it seems. Um, what, what are you hearing about the value of these picks? If the Warriors end up getting this Minnesota pick at number four, what would the value of that pick in this draft be? Very high, because those are uh, the number four picks a tier one, a tier one player. And tier one players, you typically do not see teams, first of all, trading those picks away. And if you do, you're getting back an all-star typically or a ton of future picks in return. I think that is going to be the going rate and it'll probably be a combination of both that you're going to have a young all-star and, and, you know, a future high pick or multiple picks. That's, that's what that fourth pick is worth to the Warriors and you know, that, that could be very intriguing for them. Mm -hmm. If that young all-star sort of emerges out of that at 14, they're right on the cusp again of, you know, it's starting to fall off. And this is where actually, I think the Warriors could go and get some help. This is where I think it makes less sense for them to swing for a young prospect than to look at uh, Jared Butler out of Baylor or Chris Duarte out of Oregon and say, these guys are solid rotation players who could come in and play for us right now. Their upside mm -hmm. isn't particularly high, but at 14, you know, the chances of us hitting are so low anyway, right? Let, let's, let's go with something much more solid. And especially if the Warriors end up with two picks and maybe they won't, but if they do, I would swing, I would swing with that first pick. And then I would bring in a guy like Duarte or, or Butler, who I actually, feel really strongly is going to come in and, and do things for me right away. And that makes up for it a little bit. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I get questions about just that. Should the warriors, if they end up with these two picks in this lottery, should they go with the safe pick at number four or whatever, six, seven, eight, or, and then take a swing at 14. It's like, yeah, well, everybody thinks 14, you can get Giannis, you can get Kawhi. No, no, no. That very, very rare. Just maybe yeah. get a player like Chris Duarte. You can, that guy can shoot. He can make a yeah. three for you. If he's open, yeah. he'll make it. We know that. 
you know, at the very least, we know that. And then in this top group, again, if I were the Warriors, I would probably cross Kaminga off because he's just too raw and we just mm -hmm. can't, we don't have the resources to develop him. But anybody right. else, you know, I, I kind of just slide Scotty Barnes into my top five if I were them. And then I would go with that group. And then if yeah. it's six, six, seven or eight, then it's a whole other thing. But it's, it's a baseball analogy because we keep say, saying swinging. Right. At pick four, five, or six, you're swinging at a good pitch. At pick 14, you're swinging at a really bad pitch and hoping to hit it out of the park. And occasionally you hit a bad pitch out of the park, but the, the odds of them actually hitting that home run are at that pick fourth, fifth, you know, they can't have the fifth pick, but you know what, one of those, those picks, not at 14. So that's, that's the strategy swing high, you know, get that single or that double uh, at, at pick 14. Before I let you go, I will give you a choice of a question. Um, darling second round type of pick. You can tell me your name there, or I teased it earlier. It is national mascot day while we're recording this, uh, darling mascot, your favorite mascot. So you can either go favorite second round fringe player in this draft or favorite mascot. I'll leave it up to you. Well, I'll quickly say that the KU Jayhawks are my, are my team. So the Jayhawks mascots, the guy, as far as my second round prospect that I think people are sleeping on one guy that I've started to just the more I watch his tape is a kid out of Belgium named Vrenz Blindberg, who is 6'10", one of the better passers in this draft, hmm. can shoot the three, uh, needs to work on his body, but he's an okay athlete. And he's playing in the Belgium League, so it's a little tough to sort of calibrate all of that and, and what translate. But if you're talking about NBA teams that want 3 and D prospects who are also playmakers, this guy... And he looks the part to me, and and I think he's if he goes in the second round, this could be the guy in the second round that everybody's like, how did this guy slide in the second round? And it'll be because he played at Belgium. So the right answer was Nitro, the UCF Knight, as far as the mascots go. That was the wrong answer. Um, but uh, Chad Ford, thank you so much for joining me. Follow him at Chad Ford Insider on Twitter. Follow the podcast. Chad Ford's NBA Big Ford. Uh, we got the draft lottery coming up. It is officially Chad Ford season. Chad, thanks so much for joining me. And thanks to all for listening slash watching on the brand new YouTube channel. This is Lockdown Warriors. Thanks, Wes.